And welcome back to another edition of 30 Racket Sports, Ohio's sports and beer podcast. We're back after a nice long weekend, nice Labor Day weekend, and back into the swing of things with a full weekend of sports in Ohio. NFL's back, college football, baseball, soccer, everything going on this weekend, guys. Well, not every sport. Not bad. Pin, pin, pinball championships are ramping up here soon, I think. Oh, thank oh. goodness. I, I was mostly locked in on the field hockey this weekend. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a little beach volleyball on this weekend. I think I woke up in the middle of the night. It was on. It's like, all right, late night ballet sports. Gotta <laughs> love it. That and, a little bit of, that and a little bit of Russian ping pong. But with this weekend of sports, we have the guy to my right who probably had the worst weekend of any of us <sighs> as far as sports. Brutal. Uh, Ohio State lost. The Tribe got no hit for an MLB record third time. Unofficially four times. Yeah, so It was the unofficial one that... And then uh, the Packers getting just smashed on Saturday or on Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's Zach. Zach, uh, I would ask how we're doing, but uh, we're going to be able to make it through this show. Yeah, I'm going to be able to. I got, I, got I got an outlet now. No, I mean, considering you guys are always the ones we come in back over the weekend depressed, it feels weird. Now I know how you guys feel. I've never, I've never felt this before. It's pretty well, difficult. From one end to the other end. To my left, the guy on the ones and twos who probably had the best weekend of all of us. For the first time ever. Almost a perfect <laughs> weekend. FCC getting their first win at home in 10 chances. The Bearcats getting a win. The Bengals going to 1-0. The Reds did get swept. But they're still in the second wild card spot. So still overall a good weekend, Josh. Nobody wants that second wild card spot. Nobody wants that <laughs> spot. And I guess hearing you say it that way, actually, it, it kind of hits right now that it was just an awesome, <laughs> awesome sports weekend in Cincinnati. Uh, defensively, they were rough. They were tough. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals actually looked uh, impressive um, out there. Some uh, some oh, balls of steals on those guys uh, Sunday afternoon because there was some... Uh, Quite just to be blunt, ballsy play calling out there, but I mean some interesting moves. Yes, yes, some interesting moves to put it lightly. But like you said, one and zero. Look at what it, I think. I think I said this on the show the other week. What a good kicker will do for your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, myself, just a guy who had yet another week one of football. It's just pretty much par for the course. Uh, no, no wins. In their opener since 2004 for the Browns. No wins in uh, their opener if it's on the road since 1994 for the Browns. My name's Greg, and I'm your depressed Browns fan for today. Although, hopeful. Hi, a lot of take out of that. A lot of take out of hopeful. that game. You played the Chiefs. That's not like... Yeah. You play but the was, Saints. And you played or, the Chiefs. I yeah. mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You balled out. But yeah, it was one of those games where, like, you go into the game... Like, not expecting, like, right. hey, hopefully we look good, you know, if we keep it close. And then they got up 22-10. And, and then, then you're like, I yeah. believe, I believe. The game goes the way it does, and then you're just like, man, like, want to know, would have been nice, went on the road, went against the Chiefs, if it had come in, been. you know, but. You know what they say. Would have been the new kings of the AFC. We're on to Houston. We're on to Houston, as they say. Yeah, watch out for Tyron. I know. The tie God, so. We're on to Houston next week, and then, uh, guys, before we get too much into the rest of the sports, uh, let's get into some headlines and uh, enjoy a nice beer from Northeast Ohio. (laughs) 
Guys, football is fully back in Ohio for our first weekend with a full college football NFL slate. Things did not start well as the Buckeyes dropped their first home game since 2017 versus Oklahoma as the Oregon Ducks got the best of Ohio State 35-28. The Ducks gashed the Buckeye defense for 269 yards on the ground, and although redshirt freshman C.J. Stroud had a banner day with almost 500 yards passing, it was a late interception that sealed the game. The Bearcats welcomed in Murray State for a tune-up game, but were given all they could handle in the first half, being tied at 7 before 35 unanswered points in the second half to cruise to victory. The Buckeyes, or the Bearcats and the Buckeyes now sit at 7 and 8 respectively in the polls. Speaking of top teams, the Rockets of Toledo gave Old Notre Dame a huge scare taking the lead with under two minutes before the Irish responded with a late winner. So shout out to the Rockets. Yeah, Toledo. God, if they could have pulled that off. As for Sunday's slate, the Bengals welcomed Minnesota for the early game, and things got off to a slow start, but ramped up quickly with two passing touchdowns in the second quarter to welcome back Joe Burrow, including a 50-yard bomb to, to Jamar Chase, who showed that he can, in fact, catch the football. Minnesota was able to claw their way back into the game, forcing overtime. But at the very end of the period, after a questionable fumble, Evan McPherson banged home a 33-yarder to give the Bengals the win. Bang! (laughs) In the late game, the Brownies were at Arrowhead to face the Chiefs, and the offense started out hot, scoring touchdowns on their first three possessions of the half to take a 12-point lead at the break. Unfortunately, three critical mistakes, including a fumble, a botched punt snap and a late interception cost the Browns their first opening week win since 2004 and their first opening week win on the road since 1994. And finally, guys, just to wrap up the sports weekend, FCC got their first win at TQL Stadium in their 10th game there, bang. defeating Toronto 2 to nothing. Bang, bang. While the Columbus slide continues with a 1-0 loss to Inter-Miami. In baseball, the Tribe had a record-setting weekend in the worst way possible as they were no hit for an MLB record third time, unofficially fourth time. No bang. In the season. No no bang at all. Due to a combined no-hit bid by the Brewers Saturday night. And the Reds had a woeful weekend getting swept by the cards. The Red Legs are now 3-8 in September and sit tied with San Diego for the second wildcard spot with St. Louis just a game back. Less bang. Thankfully, the Reds have a trip to Pittsburgh, who they face in six of the next nine. Nice. Try to get things back on track. That's a lot of nice right there. We'll take that to the bank. Guys, those are your OH headlines. For our beer of the week this week, we go up to Northeast Ohio and North Royalton, Ohio. Uh, Shout out. Just south of Parma. For, uh, East Parma so. I mean, Josh uses uh, Centerville. Centerville for uh, location. So, you know, sort of near Cleveland, but Parma is probably the bigger one. You know, you know. Drew Carey did that Muno for Parma. So, 300 miles northeast of Tip City. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tip a Canoe? But guys, this is Blue Monkey Brewing Company and their Boom Shakalaka double IPA. Boom! Boom Shakalaka. 
pretty good. Uh, it's uh, I was having trouble putting uh, putting my finger on what exactly it was because it's a little different of a flavor. Uh, but I understand it's an imperial IPA. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's very uh, good. Very good. Very smooth. It's heavy. It's uh, eight point seven percent ABV. Uh, eighty one on the IBU. So if you like your bitter IPAs, buddy, buddy, do we have a beer for you? <laughs> you can you can tell that kind of imperial like almost kind of tastes like it's like a barrel age a little bit. You get like that oakiness to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Especially at the end, it's got a very dry bitter finish. Yeah. Um, like I don't I don't really get the the punch up front, but definitely at the end, it's very bitter. I think it's smooth though. Yeah, it's very smooth. Uh, definitely like it. I'll be up. Uh, that way, in a few weeks, I'll probably have to stop into the old tap in. room. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks like, I like a, this one. It looks like a pretty cool place. I uh, was not familiar with this, and I love the logo uh, that they have on the growler there. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have some family up in in the North Royalton area, so uh, shout out to shout out to the old man, Doctor Miller, for picking up a growler. Uh, was there last weekend, so you know the first brewery in North Royalton. So it's only been open yep. for a little while. Uh, do not believe they have any canning, but mm-hmm. they have their tap room, uh, like right in the in the middle of North Royalton on uh, Wallings Road. So nice. Be sure to check out Blue Monkey Brewing Company. And you guys know what they say: Monkey see, monkey brew. At least that's what they say at Blue Monkey Brewing. There you go. Nice. Guys, we've got a new segment coming up for our first one today. We're doing a little two minutes, two cents. Uh, we had our last two weeks, obviously, with no uh, new takes coming out. We had last week off with the Labor Day break. So we wanted to give off our two cents. Uh, you know, so much to talk about, so much going on, as we've kind of described so far. So we each have two minutes to give our two cents Two cities, actually really three, Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland, yeah. but fair enough. Four if you count Toledo. Toledo. Could be talking or Bowling Green. Dayton. Five if you count Dayton's bigger than Parma. 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 Logan. Centerville. Centerville. I don't, I don't know. We could so, go all day here. We could go all day here. <laughs> Zach. Cheviot. What? <laughs> Wilbers, Wilbersburg. Oh, uh, well, I mean, do we want to start a little happier with Josh, or do we want to just... Let, oh. You know what? Let's start a little happier. You think? Oh, okay. All right. Sure. Josh got two minutes on the clock. All I right, love here, this, Josh. You got two, two minutes. minutes on the clock. All right. Two minutes, two cents. Let's go. All right. So, guys, a study from the Queen School of Business and the Gallup organization, they found that disengaged workers have 37% higher absenteeism, 49% more accidents, and 60% more errors and defects. You realize this two minutes was supposed in, to be in about organizations sports, right? with low employee engagement scores. They experienced eighteen percent lower productivity. So, just from that standpoint, and other studies similar to these, you find that when the top of the organization is not supporting the employees that are doing the work, you'll find that productivity is lower. So, it's no surprise that productivity is way down for the Cincinnati Reds. And fan morale is pretty down for the Cincinnati Reds when the organization has completely left the players and coaches in the dark. If you could tell me what the plan was for the Cincinnati Reds 2021 season, I could not tell you because 
there seems like so many obvious moves that could have been made right now, and you wouldn't be teetering and sliding down the slope right now that you are. It's been fun, yes. It's been a fun season, sure. I think we have a good shot at a winning season still. But basically, like we're talking about getting into the postseason by default. Playoffs. 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 Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're talking about playoffs here. We've dropped six series in a row. So even if we do get to the playoffs, like the One best game transactions, the, Dodgers. the best help we've been given <laughs> from the top this year is Ashton Gordeaux as Drupal Cabrera in Delino Ooh, DeShields. Azzy. From ah, the top, make it drop. So I just, even, even if the Reds Cabrera. make it, like it's hard to be optimistic right now when it just seems like you, the front office does not care to help this team win. Are you bashing... Former Indians great Asdrubal Cabrera? I, Former national Asdrubal Cabrera? Uh, hey, hey, he was great with the Indians. Again, much like with Ohio, much like with <laughs> Ohio Towns, we could ago. go all day with yeah. the teams he's played for. Well, well, yeah. but It's been a decade. All righty. My two uh, cents. Your two cents. Josh, a little bit upset about those red legs. Zach, yeah. what about you? Oh, two minutes start Greg. now. What do you think I'm upset about? I'm curious. The Indians getting no hit? Oh, God. No, that's been a foregone clue. I honestly just laughed. I was just like, yeah, why not? Because this is just a lost year. No, no, of course I'm upset about Saturday. But I'm really not. I'm not upset necessarily about Saturday. I'm upset of... It's a combination that, whether it's Urban Meyer or even Jim Trust before him, something with Ohio State, they don't seem to learn until they get their ass whoops. And they... Look, was it an ass whoop? And not necessarily, but if you watch that game... That Ohio State defense against the Oregon offense, it felt like an ass-whooping. Statistically, it might not have been, but it was. And once again, you would have thought after Bama shredded them, Northwestern moved the damn ball against them, even in the Big Ten title game, that, yeah, maybe we need to really sit down this offseason and make some major changes to this single high safety scheme that everybody in the country's figured out, except for, I mean, Ohio State didn't seem to realize that. Except for Michigan. You're right. Michigan hasn't figured it out. Oh, but. that was my one minute. Sorry. Oh, your one minute? Oh. Yeah. Josh threw me off. But the same line safe scheme. But once again, they go in. They play a terrible game against Minnesota. Somehow come escape out of there. And I'm not going to blame the offense. Everyone's blaming the offense. I, I saw a ton of uh, Quinn Ewers tweets. Really? I thought C.J. Stroud looked good. The offense overall, 612 yards of offense. A lot of missed opportunities. But when this offense has bailed this defense out for the last, like, two to three years every game, I'm not going to get upset when the offense needed their defense to bail them out. And once again, could not bail them out. And now they're in a precarious position. I don't even know if they'll win the Big Ten. Oh, whoa. So, all right. The Big Ten. Who, who wins the Big Ten then? Michigan? Iowa looked pretty State? damn good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Fair. I that's a fair. Hawkeye, Hawkeye's Penn State. I'm just saying they don't get the defense fixed. That's it's looking bad. That was an excellent take, though. By the way, I, I very much enjoyed that take. That uh, the defense, just the one time you need your defense to bail you, bail you out, you could. Exactly. Greg. All right, so I don't think I'm going to shock anyone. Um, the Browns yesterday. You went in expecting a loss. But just the way that you lose, when you're up 12 points, the offense looks great. Scored on three of their four drives in the first half. and their fourth drive, they almost scored on that last second kind of like backyard play. 
the one thing that we have to remember is, you know, the Browns lost week one last year, 38 to six to Baltimore. So it's better than it was last year. And really the big difference in the game, you know, they lost the turnover battle two to nothing, which was really three to nothing if you include the botched punt. And you can't do that and expect to beat a great team on the road. And they had a chance at the end. Um, on the offensive side, I would say the offense was really solid aside of the two turnovers. But uh, having a big-time weapon back in, in Odell should really help because, you know, you looked at Schwartz missing some of the some of the plays that Odell would make, just, you know, a better player. And hopefully their left tackle, Jedrick Wills, is back Sunday. Defense, I'm, I still have my worries about. Obviously, Harrison getting ejected early. Uh, yeah. Johnson was up and down. Like, he had to get an IV during the game. Delpit was out. So you're kind of thin at safety. And when, when people are out, having MJ Stewart in, not your best, not your best situation. But you still have trouble. Tight ends gashed you. Running backs out of the backfield, eight yards every time. The D-line did not get home, had two sacks. Patrick Mahomes was able to step up in the pocket all he wanted and just able to make plays. The defense still worries me, but the one thing that the Browns need to do is get back on track. They've got two straight, very winnable games. Texans, Bears, they need to go 2-0. They need to get themselves back on track. It was a solid look at the beginning of the season, but they need to continue this. And they need to build on this. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, well you, said. You should just be happy. They played well. Just take it. Take it, guy. Look, I had enough moral <laughs> victories in And this guy over here, your baseball team's been competing for a play. Just chill out. Enjoy it. I had two years of moral <laughs> victories, Bob. They lost six series in a row. What is there to enjoy? <laughs> oh, I know. It's bad. Never. Two There's years of moral victories. And yeah, with one actual victory. More than moral victories, though. I mean, when you look at like the players that you're going to get back, like you mentioned, I think it's only going to go up for the oh, Browns yeah. and up from there yeah, against they, the Chiefs. They don't have to. Good. They don't have to face many more offenses that have, uh, you know, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and, and Travis Kelsey. So, I mean, the Chiefs are just tough. Right they're going to get right theirs, and you just hope you can hold them. And I thought the Browns pretty much holding them off for like a half. I was like, yeah. they might be able to. Squeeze that. That's basically well, they what they have were, to do. Yeah, they're they, going to get theirs eventually. and They were able to control them and make Mahomes have to mistakes. kind of march down the field. Yeah, yeah side of that 75-yard touchdown and, and a couple of uh, offensive mistakes, you'll take it. It's there. All righty, guys. I, let's let's get to some reciting of the can because I'm going to need some beers after having to talk rounds. A family from North Royalton with a passion for beer and the community came together with the hope of bringing the two together. Growing up in North Royalton, brothers Ryan and Rick Saka, along with cousin Jimmy McKay, felt their hometown needed a new spot to get away, spend time with friends and family, and of course, enjoy delicious beer. A place for the community to enjoy good music, play games, interact with each other, or just unwind. Why not North Royalton's first brewery? Beautiful. beautiful. It's a beautiful story. So, yeah, did not have uh, much on the beer. So, uh, Zach was reading the story of Blue Monkey Brewing. And I think it does give up some good points, you know, about mm -hmm. breweries in Ohio and, you know, how a lot of them are becoming like social centers. Like, meet me at the brewery, you know, whether it's for trivia or for oh, yeah. 
game night or for you know to check out this food truck you can see blue monkey you know has food trucks all the time uh up there like uh, so many breweries but the other thing is they said enjoy delicious beer but man they also have a ton of other stuff they yeah. have uh they have their bourbon their like i guess uh rotating bourbon selection and then they have a uh michelangelo's uh wine selection it looks like they have a cabernet a sauvignon blanc and a rosé yeah, so it looks like they got a little bit of uh Yeah, you don't find that in breweries normally. It's kind of the beer or they might have like something that's like a pilsner that's like comparable to a Miller Lite for those who don't like craft beer, but otherwise Yeah. The the most I normally SLL. see is you see the occasional ones like uh well Kirkin's mostly a distillery, but you know. Yeah. Occasionally they'll have like maybe like a rum or something, but mostly you get that. Maybe they'll just have like some kind of house wine or whatever, but you don't yeah. normally see you know them having their own wine. Well, and when you're the the only brewery in the area, you know you want to like you guys were saying, since it's such a community center and everything, you you want to have that available to everyone in your community. If you're the only you know, oh exactly, watering hole only water. within a couple miles, you want to have a little bit of everything. So I think they've done a really good job of keeping a casual place something for everyone and something that builds on the community you can see it's a casual place by their logo josh yes the logo is awesome i love the little monkey guy with his glasses right there that's a monkey see monkey brew so definitely a cool little logo with the the little kind of spike going on in the hair with the yeah that's cool chill sunglasses so uh Definitely a, a good beer. I didn't really know what to expect. You know, sometimes these small breweries, you never really know. They only have about, yeah. uh, what it looks like, about six, seven beers on tap. So, uh, you know, not a whole lot, but, you know, new brewery that's that's coming say, around. They're, new. They're, they're, they're getting their footing. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I mean. It's always nice to see the new breweries kind of pop up in, yeah. you know, some of those areas. Because you see some places, you know, there are three breweries back to back to back, and then you'll be in a little bit of a... Right. of a dead zone so it's nice to see you know more and more communities getting their breweries exactly uh just like this one blue monkey brewing company in north Royalton, ohio for our next segment we're talking the worst of the worst the worst of the weekend for definitely some of us probably probably zach a little bit <coughs> um <laughs> as has been mentioned uh ohio state falling to oregon 35-28, their first home loss since 2017, uh, you know, falling in the polls to, to number nine. So the question is, you know, is it time to press the panic button? You know, Ohio State has lost early in their season before, had a home loss to Virginia Tech in 2014, ended up coming back to win the national championship. But, uh, you know, different season, different stakes. We'll start with Josh. Because we'll, oh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll save the best for last over here. Josh, is it time to press the panic button for the Buckeyes? Um, well, I thought Zach's answer to this was going to be, I don't know, not, uh, similar to mine. But now I don't know after hearing his two cents earlier. Uh, I don't know if I can call it the worst loss. But as far as defensive performances go, that, that was pretty bad. I mean, it, and this comes from the argument that you're always going to get with Ohio State. The talent, there's just so much talent in Columbus that that kind of, you had one tackle for loss. And I mean, when you look at this, uh, I know 
24-7 Sports, they came out with the composite talent ranking mm-hmm. back in 2014. And uh, Oregon ranks ninth in that composite talent this year. And this is only the sixth time the Buckeyes have faced a top 10 uh, composite talent team since that ranking came out in 2014. Last season's Alabama, as a matter of fact, in the national championship game, is the only team that has outranked Ohio State talent-wise since 2014 uh, of their opponents. Of their opponents, yeah. So having said all that, Oregon was a tough opponent. They were there for most of the game. Stroud still lit it up. I don't get the maligning of Stroud and throwing him in the mud. I mean, guy 484 yards, and I understand that was like second best for opening day from an Ohio State quarterback. Second best single game. Single game. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins, 499. (laughs) So, yeah, 484 yards, three touchdown, and one rookie high-pressure interception to seal the game at the end. I don't... So my main concern is that, and I hate to do my man dirty like this, but my main concern is if Kerry Coombs can handle taking the talent that's Jesus. on that defense and generating more than just one tackle for loss. Because that, that's just not going to get it done. Like you said earlier, you've got the offense, you've got this high-octane offense, but if your defense isn't going to play with you, then for years You're not it's a been great that team. way. You're not a great team. Yeah. They're not gonna be in the playoff. Those are my those are my thoughts. I don't think it's time to hit yeah. the panic button yet no. overall. But maybe on the defense, like something's got to change it, it, soon. It's, it's not panic, but it's uh, fire drill. It's uh, the one thing go. that worries me is especially and you know obviously at, at the highest level in the college football playoff, things are things are a little different. So I, I'm not going to talk about that. But as far as non-conference and Big Ten, yeah. Ohio State's always kind of had that aura about them. You know, they've always had that kind of defensive, you know, we're going to get a stop when we need one. Right. Sometimes, you know, they'll give up a play. They'll give up an 80-yard, you know, they'll give up an 80-yard touchdown. I remember the first time they played Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, Northwestern had like a 75-yard touchdown run. But they were shut down for most of the rest of the first half. Yeah. You know, the Ohio State defense has always been able to kind of step up when need be. But you look at them, you know, Oregon's quarterback had 236 yards passing, 17 to 35. That's not, that's, you know, not too much. Team rushed for 269 yards, over seven yards a carry. The Ohio State defense has given up 472 rush yards so far this year. That's on an app. That's 236 yards per game compared to 220 pass yards per game. To give a uh, you know point of reference, the defense in only an eight game season last year, three hundred and four pass yards per game, which is a little high for them. But also, no. you know, they were playing Clemson and you know Clemson and Alabama were a quarter of their games. Yeah, Indiana lit them up. Yeah, and Indiana yeah. lit them up. Only ninety eight rush yards per game last year, yeah. and then in twenty nineteen they gave up one hundred and fifty six pass yards per game and one hundred and four rush <laughs> yards per game. So they're a team that really only gives up 100 yards on the ground per, ge- per the, for the game. And the time of possession wasn't that that different, which was shocking because it seemed like Oregon had the ball. It seemed like they had it, but out. actually, I say technically won the time. I mean, yeah. they won the time of possession. I mean, it was, yeah, yeah it was, you know, 30 like, seconds yeah, either way. it wasn't much. But it just seemed like Oregon had control. And the thing is, when you rush the ball, 
play action opens up, which you saw a few of those, like a few of the passes, because Oregon, I mean, only 17 completions. Yeah. A lot of them were those fake the run, the tight end kind of scoots out. That was probably five or six of their they 17 completions. Yeah. Thing, like, yeah. So if you can control the run, keep them in third and seven, third and eight situations, not allow them to run those play action passes. I mean, you have talent on the lines. I think you have to get your safeties back and get your linebackers up there. Right. You, you have to make tackles at a, at the point of attack. One tackle for loss isn't good enough. And then seven yards per carry. I mean, oh, yeah. you've got to hold them to less than that. And it is uh, like, I just want to point out that I think, and I think we should have said this at the beginning of the segment, because I think it's unfair that people go, Oh, Ohio State lost. That's it for him. Ohio State lost. They're done. It's oh, over. Like yeah. people love to love that Ohio State loses and oh, blow yeah, it into this bigger deal. It. Like I mean, I get it. They're third overall in those talent rankings that I mentioned. Yeah. And Oregon is sixth. It's their toughest regular season opponent talent ranking wise since Michigan in 2017. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not discredit that this was a tough game. No, we no. we all of us were like, oh, Oregon at noon in Columbus, psh, no problem. But it was a tough game. No, yeah. That's that's the one thing that that I've said has surprised me. It's just looking at the two offenses. You know, Ohio State was, I think, about 14-point favorites, somewhere between 13 and 15 for both games. And you saw, you know, I didn't watch much of the first half against Minnesota. But I saw them, you know, they were driving the ball and scoring points. And I was, you know, I looked at it and I was surprised. And I missed, you know, a little bit of the first quarter against Oregon. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was actually driving to go watch the game with Zach. And I came down and I was like, I'm surprised by this score. So it's just one of these things where it's like, normally you see the defense and it's like, all right, maybe they score once and then they have to punt it from their 20-yard line. Ohio State has the ball at their 45, drive down and score. The offense maybe left some points out there, but if you're going to give up 30-plus points a game, like your <laughs> offense isn't going to be able to, to bail you out all the time. No. No. They left about 21 points on the field. Uh, but either way, you know, I mean, you're starting a freshman quarterback who I saw. He made the steps from Minnesota to Oregon that I needed to see to be like, midseason, this kid's going to be fucking tearing people up. I believe that. I think Minnesota, very uneven. Even when he made some plays, he didn't really make plays. Receivers were wide open, and the ball wasn't jumping. And I was a little, like, concerned um against Oregon there's probably about five or six throws double like tight coverage that boom the ball fired out of there like you used to see with fields and he's gonna be fine still some some errors I mean that's what I'm saying you're gonna expect these guys to leave some points on the field early <sighs> they, they just need to scrap they need to scrap the single high I'm tired of it or that can't be all you run that can't be all you run like they can't make adjustments with what Oregon was doing they could not make adjustments they could not because Oregon they were running the same number of plays over and over again with the same amount of success. Because that beats the single high. That's why, you know, when Ohio State had those great defense, I mean, they up to the last few years, generally have always had great defenses, but when they really had them, you know, 14 to 17, they ran the double high safeties with the bump and run coverage. But that, But when you play two safeties, that allows your linebackers to roam. Right, you get the roaming linebackers. They can roam more because you have another yeah, safety back there to the come field. up and pick up a tight end coming across their face. Right now, you you can see with the linebackers, they don't know what to do half the time. They get stuck in the middle because a team's down. They just motion the tight end, 
Uh, they're like trying to jostle around, figure out who's covering what. And you trying only got to one set safety. the edge when they don't need to. Yeah, exactly. They need to. I'm not. Gonna, there's no panic button. There's no panic button. So do you put that on the coaching? Because right, again, I'm going to go back to the talent me. thing here. Yeah. Eight of eleven of Ohio State's defensive regular defensive starters are ranking the top ten at their position nationally. Yeah. So so is it getting these guys into schemes that they can function I, together? Yeah. I think it's and that. Does that I fall mean, on the coaching? Like, do you make a coaching change? If, no, I, you can't. I, college is different. I don't think you can do that. It's not like the NFL. I don't think you can fire somebody. And who do they have? They I have, mean, I mean, our boy Mike Bone just uh, cut loose in Southern California. That's today. all we could go down. That <laughs> was about three years coming. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I they're not going to do that. And part of that's out of respect. And every Ohio State fan, even if they're calling for his head, loves Kerry Combs, uh, one of the best cornerback. Report. Mad respect for you pouring yourself more beer while giving this take. Uh, but, <laughs> Terribly. But, but, but I mean, he's you know, one of the best cornerback coaches in the country. One of the one better of, recruiters. Probably one of the best recruiters. Yeah, definitely. I do question if he's in over his head. Jeff Halfley, the previous defensive coordinator, he brought the single high safety, but he mixed in a lot of different looks, right? You see, I said they don't move guys. They're just sitting there. There's not like saying, any I don't, attempt to. They don't bring. He barely blitzed. I think he only brought like yeah. an extra rusher, and I, three or four times. I think that was the issue that I had. That once again, as huge Kerry Combs fan, yeah. huge, huge. Yeah, as a guy, we're, as a we're guy Cincinnati that was, based, well, like <laughs> heck, my brothers had Kerry Combs' wife as a principal. Like I'm, I'm yeah. from, I'm originally from Colbert. Like love Kerry Combs, but you look at the way the defense looks. The linebackers, they're young and they look. They're, they're, they're really over. No, their instincts are getting yeah. kind of like cross wired. Because exactly. you could see so many times where the linebackers were going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's not instinctual. When you have someone behind you, when you have someone, when you have a bump and run to set the edge, yeah. the linebackers can just go up and make plays. And they have talent across the board. The but one thing you can talent. say about but it's Ohio raw State talent. Yeah, it's and raw. Texas and Oregon and all these guys. They have the talent. It's not talent. Yeah. At some point, you have to turn talent into results. Yeah. And so far, this team has just not had it. No, let's not forget who was who's Oregon's coordinator, Moorhead, who was Penn State's coordinator before taking over the Oregon job last year. He's knows this Ohio State defense well, and I mean, he, me and Kerry Combs, that he got out coached and out schemed. I mean, taken to the woodshed. It's bad. I'm not, you know, there's no panic button. They're not going to fire anybody, but they're definitely, I mean, I'm sure Ryan Day has been in these meetings and I'm like, let's you know, I'm go, not saying, let's fix it. Like, it's it's tough because of what Greg brings up in that you have young players out there. Like, Ohio yeah. State has a lot of talent, but especially compared to, I guess, some recent years in some areas, you have a very young Team. You're an inexperience because a lot of and, linebackers are, and you don't want to get these guys coached to where yeah. they have them, their wires crossed, and you're you're now changing their instinctive no, abilities on I, defense. I, I don't disagree, but that's what I'm saying. They're in a perfect spot now. You got Tulsa, Akron, yeah. Rutgers, um, Maryland, even a little bit. By by the time you get the Rutgers, Maryland, you should be settling in. But I mean, but here's what's they have the single highest. That's their base. They have other stuff. They've been practicing other schemes and sets. I mean, every defense does. It's just I don't. They don't call it, or if they have it, then that's fireable in my opinion. <laughs> that, that's crazy. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it would take some getting used to, but they got to do it now. You know, normally against Tulsa and Akron, what they would do, you would button up. You would only play your base defense, right, for a couple weeks here. It's got to be the opposite. They got to get experimental. They got to try to really bring it and see what works. And they, they also need to sell the rotation down. They were still rotating seven DBs, different DBs in there, several different linebackers. And I think when you're talking about where they ran the same plays over and over, part of that is also when your personnel's different. Right, a lot, if it's a different linebacker out there every time, he's not picking up on that. Oh, I saw that two plays. I reckon this is what they're doing. They got caught with the crackback, but it was a different linebacker every time. They're rotating these. They got to settle on a group and say, "Here we go, riding with you," and then figure out different wrinkles and part of that scheme that worked. So as we move to the end of the segment, I guess the 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 best jumping off point that we have is you got two weeks. Yeah, got Rutgers, who's looked better, but they're still Rutgers. You got Maryland. End of the regular season, where do you see the record, and do you see them going to a Big Ten championship? I hate it when he does this. Oh, I know, because <laughs> I, I, I want this. two weeks. I need to, I need three. Uh, well, I, that's why we re, we'll reevaluate because two weeks. it's Ohio State, and they should have that expectation. Yes, I do still see that because I believe that's the expectation. You have to meet it. Whether that, ha- I mean, I will say this is the first time in a long time I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah. I say they can make it through the rest of the regular season. Big Ten championship game looks. I mean, Iowa's look good. I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. Yep. I I do not see the same fear that other teams have in in this defense right now. No. So unless I'm, something changes, I see them going ten and two. Maybe still making the championship, but I I think they they fall somewhere else down the line, and I think it takes them out of playoff contention. Very likely. <sighs> Big takes, folks. So there you go. Ohio State. Tap the panic button. Hover over the panic button. Jam the panic button. Let us know. 30 Rack of Sports, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. What's brewing in Ohio? Guys, it is actually Oktoberfest time. We are now actually coming to the real actual time of when it is traditionally Oktoberfest. We're not it's more on September. September. No, it's not actually not October. at the end of July or mid-August uh, when people started putting out their Oktoberfest beers this year for some reason. I'm not going to judge. I love Oktoberfest beers. I, they're my favorite style of beer, but like, there's a time and place, folks. Come on. Like, the time is yes, and the place is also yes. Don't, it's can't a Christmas let, sale right now. Nice little cinnamon notes. Yeah. Guys are on. We'll get to some. We'll get to some spicy. We'll get to some spicy notes. But there Sugar are spice and everything nice. There are a couple places that are actually just now releasing their Oktoberfests, like you should be. So a kudos to Twin Oast Brewing. Uh, they have their traditional Oktoberfest out now. Um, this can on uh, is uh, available at their tap room. And uh, I believe they are distributing this as well. So you can stop by the Port Clinton Brewery. Oosttoberfest. Oosttoberfest. A great name there. And then also one of our favorites, 13 Below Brewery down in the old Sailor Park. They just released their fall ale. Uh, They're coming up on their fourth anniversary. Wonderful. Wonderful. Their fall ale... Haven't had it in several days, but very good. Original, one of their original limited release beers. So it's cool to see that coming back out. And it's uh, different from a traditional Oktoberfest because it is an ale, not a lager. Mm-hmm. So it's got that similar fan, taste, though. Fantastic uh, beer, though. Uh, other places in Ohio we can go to. 
uh, one of our favorite place, places to go to. I know Zach's especially. Athens, Ohio. Ooh, Jackie buddy. O's. They uh, Jackie Bros. have another big collaboration that they're doing from uh, uh, a brewery called Our Mutual Friend Brewing. They're out of Denver. And they're releasing a beer called with Jackie O's called Big Snail, which is an interesting name, I think. That's the most Ohio thing ever, having a mutual friend from Denver. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Uh, It's an imperial stout. It is brewed with fireweed honey and aged for 15 months in bourbon barrels. And it's got a nice floral, rich, decadent, and spice flavor to it. So a lot of well, a lot of flavor pack. Wow, it's all beer. spliced together. Spliced together. That's right. You guys ever seen the movie Splice? No, I haven't. No, don't. Don't. Okay. It's, 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 it'll ruin your night. Okay, thanks. <laughs> hey, go watch that while you're drinking a big snail. <laughs> yeah. uh, those are available in the Jackie O's locations in Athens and Columbus as of now. And then finally, had to do this one. For the Bengals, uh, 16 Lots Brewing Company, uh, right down the road from us, actually, in Mason, Ohio. Uh, they have brewed a light American lager, and uh, the only reason I would normally never bring a, uh, a light beer up, but the can is awesome, and the name is maybe even better. This is Kenny's Day Drinking Lager, Day, spelled who day, and uh, that is, of course, a tribute to... Pl- plenty of good other breweries in Mason, Ohio. Bengals quarterback Kenny Anderson and a portion of the beer sales will go to the Ken Anderson Alliance, a nonprofit organization creating opportunities for adults with disabilities. Oh, great. That, now I feel bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now there I'm you go. Good, you're like a fucking beer. terrible person. Uh, that's, He's not uh, a Hall of Famer, so I don't, I don't know who he is. <laughs> he should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, but that's Kenny's Day Drinking Lager from 16 Lots. It's available at the 16 Lots Tap Room in Mason and as well in uh, select locations around the Cincinnati area. And guys, that's what's brewing in Ohio. The the humble what is it, humble monks pizza? Oh yeah, humble monks. Oh, uh, yeah. at 16 good Lots, stuff. very good, good pizza. Stuff. So shout out to them as well. Guys, for our last segment, we're talking. New teams in new leagues, conference expansion. Uh, Late last week, it was finally announced, ink to paper, that um, Houston, Central Florida, Brigham Young University, and the University of Cincinnati will be joining the Big 12 right now looking like 2023 or 2024. A beautiful thing. So, Long overdue. Uh, may have a year or two yeah. overlap with Oklahoma and Texas, but aside of that, they will be joining, uh, what, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State Kansas, 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 Kansas State, State, Iowa State, State, and West Virginia. Ooh, buddy. Mountaineers. So uh, a lot of good teams. Obviously a great basketball conference. You have, you know, Kansas, uh, reigning national championship, Baylor Bears. Uh, Texas Tech was in the national championship mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. So, guys, we're doing a little rank them with UC heading to the Big 12. What are your top three matchups for the new conference? Zach, what are so your what top are we, three um, matchups? We can do football or basketball. I know that. You can do, you can do a- anything. anything. You can, can go do what have you. I get that. You can, I mean, you can, are we you can go deep Texas? on softball. Are we taking, I know. I was going to throw one out. But are we taking... Uh, Whatever you want. Texas and Oklahoma, are they still? We assuming they're still. I I didn't include them, but I'd like to see the Sooners at Nippert Stadium. Sure. 
They well, played I saw him at Paul Brown. Brown. I was yeah. there for that. DJ Woods dropped that touchdown in the back of the end zone. Um, okay. We'll go with that. Obviously, you see getting to play the Jayhawks. Be huge. At the Shoemaker. That would be great. Um, <coughs> sorry, number, number two, I would go if, um, if they had to play Texas, whether in Austin or UC. Again, just thinking high-profile matchups for conference games. I mean, usually for Cincinnati, after the first few weeks, no offense, they're playing Memphis and Navy and shit. So East Carolina. East Carolina. So that would just be Tulane. cool. Um, and then lastly, I had trouble thinking of a third one. Um, I'd be curious to see, I think a UC-Texas Tech matchup. I think that would be a good, even ground matchup game that would really test, like a winnable game potentially for UC, that would be like a good test of where they're at as far as the basketball program in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, even though uh, Texas Tech lost their coach to, to Texas, they still have, you no. know, a good program. Yeah. So I, don't uh, that. I have no, that. Uh, I, I So the three that I had, I also had Kansas in basketball. Even, you know, I mean, even to visit, you know, when you're when you're looking at UC, it's like, do you want to go to ECU for, a, you know, middle right. of nowhere, Carol? Or, yeah, you can go to the go, Fog. Go to Fog Allen. Right. That's what I was thinking. That's a like, very That's cool true. place. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I had, uh, West Virginia in football. Oh, yeah. Uh, just the backyard, you know, kind of, I know backyard bras pit West Virginia, but they had a, you know, they had a big rivalry with West Virginia, some big games. Pat McAfee even talks about, you know, missing that like 50 yard field goal right. to win against UC. And then my last one is, you know, kind of both sports, but, uh, UC Iowa state, you know, mm-hmm. the two kind of Midwestern schools in that league. Uh, I know I went to, when I was still in college, uh, Iowa State came to UC, and Iowa State has obviously been down a little bit the last couple of years in basketball, but they were great those couple of years, and that's as loud. And I mean, you know, I've seen UC Xavier was at a, a neutral site, but you know, I've seen Louisville in town, I've seen yep. Butler in town. That's one of the loudest I've ever heard that stadium during that UC yeah. Iowa State game. Absolutely awesome game. That's a good one. I didn't uh, about, some yeah. great, you know, some just some great matchups, some great, you know, kind of a, a nice little rivalry where it's like, you know, it's kind of that big 10 country in the big yeah. 12 rivalry. So, uh, you know, excited to see Iowa state and also, you know, a team that's solid football, basketball, a team that's taken a lot of Cincinnati recruits, especially in football. Like mm-hmm. you look at David Montgomery last night for the bears, Mount healthy kid that went to Iowa state, Josh, what about you? Uh, what are your top three? Uh, my number three, is uh, one that exists now, actually. Uh, Cincinnati versus Central Florida. You know, yeah. these guys have been trying to show each other up in the American for years now, and it's like... Who I wasn't going to be lazy, but I was going to pick Who can... Yeah, yeah, it's like, who can stay on at the top, king of the hill kind of thing yeah. between these two for years? And now it's going to be like, all right, who shows they belong in this conference more? Who yeah. Who can grab the spotlight more? Who can, you know, who can prove that they're the king of the hill here on a bigger stage and yeah, i think and I it'll mean, just add a, another depth to this rivalry they're, they're two teams that you know have had a couple down years you know you see some of the te- had some of the tuberville <laughs> i figured football to clarify yeah, yeah. yeah had some of the tuberville years you know ucf had the 0 12 year but they've been teams that have been on the up and up and it could yeah. be you know it depending on how they do divisions and whatnot yeah it could be you know if they're not in the same division could be two teams that are looking for championships right. you know right. they've been yeah. good teams year in and year right. out 
Yeah, I'm very curious, by the way, to see what they end up doing with the divisions in the Big 12 once the, all the dust settles do, here. I think I do north-south. That's what I'm leaning towards, I think. But uh, my second is actually not – I'm taking UC out of the equation here. I just think it'll be good for the conference and overall. Houston versus Baylor. Uh, I mean, yeah. in basketball and football – I uh, think Houston most, and both the Texas schools. Yeah, they kind of yeah. had that. Waco like, versus Houston. Well, you got three Texas, like TCU, Texas yeah. Tech. Yeah, and exactly. I never felt like Houston SMU was that big of a rivalry, but I feel like having some of the closer ones. It should have know, been. Tech, and SMU is one of the yeah. schools I, I would rather have than uh, BYU, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, as far as traditional. But I mean, but, uh, you look especially at basketball and what Samson's building at Houston mm-hmm. and how far that program has come and, and how great they've looked over the past couple of years to Baylor, obviously national champions. Right. So just adding that, Two you final know, final four teams from my right. Year. Adding that Waco Houston rivalry into the That'll big 12, I think will be oh, great. Yeah. Um, and then number one, the day that Bob Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers come back to Clifton to take on the Cincinnati Bearcats in what will be one of the toughest, roughest games of defense you'll ever yeah. see. I, Elbows it, everywhere. Yeah, it'll probably be a, a bloodbath, and the house will be packed. It'll be – I just cannot wait for that. And he'll to get have a standing that, Oh, he'll get a standing Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. That, that'll be the weird dichotomy of that whole thing. It, it'll just be... Yeah, they'll, they'll yeah. give him a standing O, and then they'll and they'll, then they'll, scream, <laughs> they'll ask for his head by oh, 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be one of those... Uh, that, for, that first time that that happens will be one of a, a sports night any Cincinnati well, Bearcat fan and, will not forget. And you both point out... I. West Virginia. I mean, I think that's a that's a good built-in rivalry there. I think that's a, oh, yeah. that's good for West Virginia. And there's rumors they might be looking to go jump ship. I don't know. If the ACC I don't see wants work, them to be honest with you. Them. No, and I think that's a good, nice, natural rivalry back. Have some have some history in the old Big East. That's great. Yeah, have uh, those. I mean, have those. You know, those Bob Huggins connections. Yeah, just those general connections. But I mean, you know, football. You know, I mean, they're not far. Obviously, yeah. we live, you know, West Virginia's not far. So, I mean, that's a good build in, like, with Iowa State. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, boo hoo, Texas and Oklahoma. Go have fun being yeah. third and fourth in, uh, you know, the SEC West or whatever. Anyone that yeah. tells you that this conference isn't going to be fun to watch or they're just going to be blah. No. From what all the conference commissioners have said, they will maintain a Power Five status. Yeah. We'll see how eventually that plays well, out, but I think that's you got to see what looking. happens the next couple of years. You know, because I mean, you have a lot of you know solid football yeah. teams. And, not, and BYU joining as far as yeah. football in basketball, they've had some. Yeah, they've had some good basketball, basketball teams. Yeah. And I'll it's, tell you what, nice I watched. Step up. I watched the uh, the BYU Utah game the other night. Yeah, and it, learned I mean, a lot Utah. about BYU and where that football program has come. And yeah. then I mean, BYU won the national title. Yeah, and I mean they've been absurd. I mean, when St. Mary's has kind of been on the, you know, slight downtick, they've been the big Gonzaga, you know, yeah. foes the last couple of years. And I think the one other team that, uh, you know, I was thinking about that, uh, you know, I was kind of amazed wasn't mentioned has been one of the more solid teams in both football and basketball over the last, you know, decade or so in Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy's been a great coach. Yeah. They've had yeah. pro oh, yeah. after pro. You know, last year they had the number one pick on their team in Cade Cunningham. I mean, they've had some great basketball players. They have some good football teams that have been very close to making it to the, you know, to the, uh, that's what I like about this. They've been been right there. You got a lot of teams that have been right there or really close. And now you're going to get a little extra competition. And this is what I keep telling everybody, or not three, four, 
BYU is a bit of an outlier for me on this, but three programs, UCF, UC, and Houston, who are in huge football markets. Obviously, for the other two schools outside UC, pretty saturated. UC, not so much. Big football-producing state, only Ohio State otherwise. But they get like 4 or $5 million TV deal from AAC. They're going to get $30-plus million from the Big 12. Give a couple years for those programs to get that money funneling in, better facilities, better coaching yeah. staffs. They're going to bump right up. They're going to shoot right up That's and compete right away. Anyone that tells you that this is, this is not as good as – sure, it's not the best. No. But, I mean, but I can't – I mean, the big push. What you just said. I mean, ago. you're going from four to five million dollars to near thirty million dollars, like just in off the TV revenue. And yeah. it's even huge. if you're kind of on that edge, you still have those winning against those programs to try to maybe get you into the college football playoff. Yeah. And especially in basketball, you're finally not going to get underranked due to your conference. Oh, because yeah. you see an SMU for years. You know, they were three or four seeds. They got ranked six, seven. Yeah. They were six seeds. They would get ranked ten. When half your, you know, when half your season is is against teams like Baylor, Kansas, mm-hmm. West Virginia, Iowa oh, State, I mean, Texas it's definitely, Tech. I mean, if ACC, you can go above yeah. five hundred, you're gonna have a. Spot in my in the opinion, tournament. the ACC's been on the downturn. The Big Ten, top to bottom, has been the best conference. Obviously, still have yet to get that natty back. But the Big Twelve, obviously, I think the Big Twelve and Big Ten right there is the best two basketball conferences, and that'll make it fun because Chris Holtman has basketball. said Chris Holtman has said he wants to start playing UC regularly, and I think going to the Big Twelve. But I mean, that gives them more of a reason, right? That, yeah, that's a higher. I've started looking at that game. kind of stuff, like where you have like not only that helps that situation. I actually hadn't thought about that specific yeah. game with Ohio State, but I also saw you know there's the Big Twelve SEC challenge yeah. weekend in like cincinnati and kentucky oh yeah Jesus. that would be wild that would be <laughs> i mean wild. Would people be wild. would go nuts for that oh yeah but and and those are the kind of things that i think you're going to need because now you're going to actually get those true tests they're of, at the table now exactly they're at the table for a lot of exciting cool opportunities that's what i'm telling like anyone that's like oh i think we could have gone it's just like no no we're at the table now the Big 12 we've made got the most a decent for hand UC. this this is the perfect Let's play. nothing else made sense yeah the the cards are down the team's in the conference hopefully 2023 as early as possible hopefully. we yeah. can get in and you know we're ready to go and i think by the middle of the decade you will really see an uptick uh, uptick in this team even above you know some of the success that they've had Obviously, hopefully the basketball team gets back on track yeah. and uh, you'll see some really solid programs that will hopefully compete for some like huge things coming up here soon. As we move towards the end of our show, we, of course, want to give a shout out to uh, Blue Monkey Brewing in North Royalton, Ohio. They're Boom Shakalaka, double IPA. Um, and then, of course, a shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, Labor Day is out of the way. We're going to be back every week, two episodes a week, Tuesday and Friday, plus some of our uh, Twitter-only segments for our Who You Gats. So a lot to listen to. 30 Rack of Sports on all your streaming platforms, plus Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 30 Rack of Sports. We're everywhere, Josh. Everywhere. We're everywhere, Greg. Josh, before we get out of here, of course, we want to give our cheers. Who are you cheersing on this fine Monday night? 
Well, I got two, um, and one's one's a pretty serious one. I know, I'm sure you guys have seen, um, there's been a lot of places, especially breweries, where people have been buying beers for fallen military members after the evacuation from Afghanistan. Um, and then, obviously, this weekend, we just had the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And I've seen a lot of, like, tributes here and there and, and everything, but, like, I wanted to raise a glass to uh, uh, Flight 93 people because that was the plane that was grounded in Pennsylvania and had those people on that plane. Like I read stories of like transcripts of like phone calls and everything. And the one guy that's famous for just saying, let's roll gets off the phone and they go rush the hijackers and everything had that, had they not done that act of heroism, much worse things could have happened. So I want to raise my glass to them and give them a cheers to flight 93 and uh, all those that were lost on 9-11. And then uh, last, but certainly not least, especially in height, I want to welcome to the great state of Ohio, the great basketball player, Taco Fall, recently acquired by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, as we were talking seven about... seven-footer lineup, baby. All, yeah, seven feet tall. Uh, we were just talking about the Americans, so I want to welcome Taco Fall to the Cavs and to Ohio. So what are we thinking? Taco at center. You're going to have yeah, Mobley like... at shooting guard. <laughs> uh, Jared Allen, power forward. Markinen, shooting guard. I mean, you talk about super team. I, am I wrong? I mean, God. Seven feet. The seven, is, what, uh, I, he's more than seven, seven feet. Like, they said seven five. I thought he was seven six. So in that seven five, seven six range. Uh, shout out to Taco, though. Always uh, a fan favorite. And in it... In, Definitely an interesting guy. He would be a guy to be very good in the international game, I will say that. Yep. But uh, happy to have him in Cleveland. So, uh, you know, looking forward to the future. Hopefully the Cavs can just not make me hate myself on a, on a regular basis. Uh, my shout-out goes to a uh, little school in Northwest Ohio, the Toledo Rockets. Uh, everyone who's listened to this podcast for more than a couple weeks knows that there might not be a bigger Mac podcast out there than 30 Rack Other Sports. Other than the official Mac podcast. We are the official Mac <laughs> podcast, per what I'm saying right now. Okay. The Rockets heading to Notre Dame. No one gave them a chance. Some would say I didn't even give them a chance. Maybe I bet against them. Who really knows? But the Rockets took it to Notre Dame, got down early, kept themselves in the game took the lead with under two minutes to go before Notre Dame was able to drive and take the lead real late. But shout-out to Toledo. Letting the Mac know, even if you're a top-10 team, oh, yeah. you know what? If you're going to invite the Rockets... Is Notre Dame a top-10 team, though? Maybe. Mm. If you're going to invite the Rockets or the Chippewas or the Bulls or anyone from the Mac to your school, you better be ready for a dogfight. What so, about the Falcons? Or, or the, the Falcons? Or the, the Red, Red Hawks almost took down the Golden Gophers? What about the Flash? <clears throat> or the or the Robert Cats, who had a no, tough saw... time against Duquesne. But, yeah. you know, or the Cardinals of Ball State. All of them. But the one thing that you know is you're going to be ready for a dogfight. Two teams, the Red Hawks and the Rockets, almost getting it done versus Big Ten teams. So shout out to the Mac for just being you and 
Yeah. Letting them know. You know, I saw someone today with the Miami Redskins bumper Whoa. sticker, and I was like, sir, it's been like 25 years. What is years. this, 19 yeah. <laughs> They print that themselves? Uh, yeah, I know. They had to have get, gotten that made. <laughs> I Sick. would think so. Zach, Zach, do you have a shout out? I, 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 I do. I have a cheers. I have a cheers to, um, from what I, everything I've heard, is a very nice guy. Not a terrible person. You know what we find in college football often. Mr. Clay Helton, he somehow miraculously lasted seven years in Los Angeles, <laughs> leading one of the preeminent blue chip programs. And it took Keyshawn Johnson having a meltdown on Twitter for Mike Bone to finally get the balls to fire him. But I want to congratulate him on seven a seven-year run, and he's well over 500. And I still question who wants that job. So Clay, take your money, bro, because you know he's getting his, he's getting his uh, yeah, go on, severance. He's gonna get run. his nice severance. He got a nice cushy job, probably being an analyst for Nick Saban next year. I was terrified where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, cheers, Clay Helton. I think you know what you USC. It's kind of like what Nebraska did to Frank Solich. I I really do think, in a way, you yeah, you weren't you weren't competing. It was pretty rough, but. I think they're in for darker times. Well, we'll see. But you know who's in for some brighter times? The Ooh. state of Ohio and 30 Rack of Sports. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Zach, Josh, and I will be back on Friday to do a little Cincinnati recap to get you ready for the weekend. And, of course, be back next week. Another edition, another brew, and a lot of takes from this table. For Zach on the opinions. See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos. So long. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack Sports. Peace.